Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Why are Sports Direct mugs so large? What do you mean? Sports Direct. They are really, they are really famously large. large. I'll tell you mugs. why. I'll tell you why it is. I'll tell you why it is. It's because um, they have to be able to hold all of the wrongs of the man that runs that company, and they are many. Oh, Wait, is it what bad has man? he done? Is it bad what man? has he done? What is oh, wrong? I think Mr. Sports Direct is like is like the Weatherspoons. Oh yeah, like a... that rings a bell. Oh, that makes sense. Sports Direct makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That makes sense. That makes sense. Hello and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us during season four, which is called "Is It Rad in Your Head." A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Radiohead. We're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season, we're of course asking, is it rad in your head? And to be clear, we're asking, is it rad in your head in regards to the band Radiohead, not is it rad in your head to this, the fourth season of our podcast, which is called, is it rad in your head? And which is now in your head i'm adam scott glasspool i'm a big sweaty music fan i love the artistry the emotion and also the context that surrounds music with me as always is someone do you know what they've said they do not care about art or critique they don't often relate personally to music but they do like it when the soft pillow of sounds nestles their little (laughs) fragile head it's it's lucas way Wait, the pillow of sound nestles itself 
It nestles surely it. I nestle my head on the soft pillow. Hi, Lucas. In Why the is the pillow nestling that, on we have me? Someone who can appreciate context, art, and subject matter, but at the same time will love some music for the indescribable reasons that we are all subject to. It's only bloody Steve Murphy. Hey guys, I really like feeling things sometimes. Yeah, who doesn't like feeling things? Yeah. And you know, if there's a perfect album to feel things, it's the Benz. Ooh, okay. How are you guys? Yeah, all good, man. How's it going your end? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I'm on a very different vibe to the middle of the episodes. Mm, yes. <laughs> when? Uh, when? <laughs> when? When's this released? Uh, May at some point. April. End oh, of April, I'm feeling birthdayish. Okay. Oh, of course, your birthday is the. Yeah, let's not dox him. Let's not dox him. We are, of course, on our quest to answer the question: What is music? I think music is a big pile of feathers. What do you think music is? Uh, Oral bliss, soft pillow. Oh, oral bliss is nice. Is that how are you spelling that? Oh, oh, okay. Well, (laughs) Lucas, what do you reckon? I think it's oral bliss. Mm. Mm, with the AU, with the, with the, a, the AU. One of the ways that we're answering this the, the question, what is music, is to tackle the discography of one artist at a time. At the moment, we're going through the entire discography of syrup-based band Radiohead. <laughs> uh, on the last episode, we started our coverage of the Benz. And on this episode, we're going to continue our track-by-track deep dive into their second album. And we're going to start with this song. Imagine you've written a song. No. And you take that song to your bandmate and say, hey, guys. Hey, guys, I've written a song. And they're like, oh, you've written a song? And he's like, yeah, I've written a song. But that song... Another one, because that... you brought me two. I brought you two songs, but I've, written, I've, but I've written another song. And that, But that, so- that song happens to be High and Fucking Dry by Radiohead. Bloody hell. 
bloody just, hell, it's high and yeah. dry by Radiohead. And then they're uh, like, but Radiohead already did that. And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, all of these <laughs> songs are taking to them. They're answering with like, Steve, this is just a yeah. Radiohead song. And I'm, that's where I know it from. That's <laughs> yeah. it. You, Steve, you're it. presenting them to us in the yeah. order that they're on in the Benz. Mm, yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I listened to the Benz recently. And they're like, yes, that's You've right. You've Planet Telex and then the and Benz you, and then yeah. High and Dry. I knew it was on the tip of my tongue. And you've, you've nailed it. Thank you. Let's see what so I come did, up with next. Did, 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 <laughs> <laughs> this song uh, is where they invent the band Coldplay. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah two or three songs on this album that are basically the Coldplay blueprint. I um, literally have that for Fake Plastic Trees, just spoilers. There's uh, a good yeah. argument that the last song and another couple are kind of the Muse blueprint. But, oh, God. But this is Coldplay. It's very simple and sweet and anthemic and nothing too surprising happens, but it does rip. Uh, and the Coldplay bit, I suppose, is very, very specifically, there is one bit where I just heard it when we were doing, I was doing a very active listen this time, and I was just like, well, that's Coldplay. Like, that just sounds like Coldplay. Uh, can, can, I, can I play a bit for you? Would that be okay? Please do, yeah. 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 Like a really like accessible, gentle solo. Yeah, yeah. Could be Coldplay, could be Travis. It Travis could be, is what it could be either. Travis is what I have in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh even even down to the way that the acoustic is tuned. Uh like it's the same trick that uh Chris Martin uses on his acoustic guitar where one of the higher strings is tuned half a step down to create a little bit of dissonance. He does that a lot on the first two Coldplay albums. This is probably why the band have disowned it. Really? For, for all of the talk of like, oh, the band hate Creep, they won't play Creep, they've played it more than High and Dry. High and Dry does not come out anymore and the band have just completely disowned it. High and Dry is like the one that Radio X would play. Sure, of it? course. It's, it's like, it's the single for this album, right? It's like the most accessible thing on this album. It also rips. It's also really fucking good, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's really great, yeah. yeah. And another one where I knew it. Yep. I knew this yeah, song. Of I think yeah. you yeah, could yeah. not... I didn't know the Benz. I knew... I think I recognised Planet Telex, I think. The Benz, I didn't. High and Dry, yeah, obviously. Yeah. This, this song yeah. unlocked a memory in me that I didn't really uh, want to means, visit. Which means Steve cried. No, I didn't really <laughs> yeah, want to visit yeah. this memory. But so, for in- first of all, I'm instantly transported back to the into the back of my parents' car with the radio on on the way up north, which so many songs from the 90s have covered. But this did uh, unlock a very early memory. And it reminded me, I had a dream as a young child. So what, how old would I have been? About seven, six, six or seven? When this what, came in 1995? You would and have been maybe, six, right? Yeah, and I would have, six. I would and have probably... A late, and yes, you're probably more like five because you're a... You're a young one because you're a baby, aren't you? So I would have heard it on the radio maybe a couple of years later. It would still have been played, right? But I'd, I had a dream as a young child where in the dream I had a puppy and the puppy fell down a drain and my parents said I had to just leave it. And and I, I was so upset in the dream and over and over in the so- again in the song, there was a song playing and it was going, the best thing that you've ever had has gone away. Oh, and I woke yeah. up with that in my head and I woke up crying and I was inconsolable. Um, and and so I just need to say thanks, Radiohead, for drowning my puppy. But like, <laughs> I had forgotten about that. But I, 
Steve, the number of times Radiohead have made me inconsolable. You're gonna, you might, you might end up on the same trajectory as me this this season. The best thing you ever had has gone away. Yeah, man. My, oh, that that lyric is just. All I can think about is that awful dream that was so vivid when mm. I was what seven. Steve, and what I the suppose hell? Steve, mate, go on. That yeah, wasn't a dream. <gasps> oh, wasn't a dream. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. Tom you York, just repressed it. Tom York, the you puppy. Just... <laughs> just repressed it. Uh, it's just very lean. It's just very lean. Doesn't la- doesn't last longer than it needs to. Nice trim song. Good song. Sad song. Sad. Would, would it surprise song. you to know that this is longer than the Benz? I would have no idea how long. Yeah, I, said, I have no idea how long any of these songs are. Yeah, yeah. It's just slightly longer than the Benz. But you're right. I don't think it does uh, hang around longer than it needs to. It's a very. It's a very. Um, it's a very well written pop song. Uh, and, and it really is the most accessible thing on 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 the album, Lucas. Definitely. What did you think of it? Like you say, it's like you say, I I didn't put the connection together, but as soon as you said they put down the blueprint for Coldplay, I was like, oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, it's just that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's and, yellow, and, and we are like we are four years before Coldplay released their debut album. Like, yeah, it's it's just absolutely fine. Um, it's like I say, it's perfectly pleasant, but but fairly unremarkable. I'd agree that it is it is it is kind of fairly unremarkable. But I think that even when Radiohead do fairly unremarkable, they somehow make it remarkable. There's like, 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 like the song is pretty classic unrequited love, I think. But from the perspective of someone watching it, rather than someone who's directly involved, there's something about the world building and the scene setting that just seems very detached from the scenario that they're singing about. And, and there's a kind of lyrical specificity that makes me feel like I'm being let in on something very personal, even though I'm not. The, the thing about like the opening line, two jumps in a week, I bet you think that's pretty clever, don't you, boy? Flying on your motorcycle, watching all the ground beneath you drop. It doesn't mean anything to me personally, but suddenly I'm in a world where someone's doing motorcycle stunts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's and and it's the kind of like And you're instantly transported to your Tom Cruise podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that kind of specificity where someone is showing off on a motorcycle and you'd kill yourself for recognition. You'd kill yourself to never ever stop. Someone who's like uh dying for people to notice them. And it's that kind of very specific image driven lyricism that I think elevates it above a lot of the kind of oh that's fine accessible pop music that a lot of other bands would put out it's very very specific imagery yes yeah 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 yeah. even if he wasn't writing that from a personal perspective you instantly feel that okay this is a memory someone has or he's telling you about a specific event rather than just like isn't love good yeah yeah exactly um tom later said that this was a deeply personal album that he was pretending wasn't personal at all so I think that that style of writing is maybe him putting some barriers between the singer and the song, you know. Um, it wasn't recorded for the Benz. It wasn't recorded... It was recorded for the next album. It wasn't recorded for any album at all. Okay. Um, we've already spoken. This is on our pinboard. Do you remember the pinboard that's got all the string waiting the to be string, used? Red and string, yeah. Post-it notes and stuff. Yeah. We have already spoken about how it was a song for Headless Chickens which Tom, the band Tom was in at uni, when, they, when Radiohead were recording yes, demos in 1993 with their live engineer, Jim Warren, 
Phil, the drummer, was testing out some new drum heads, and Tom played the acoustic part for him to drum along to, and they were recorded onto like a four track, and over a little bit of time, the other members, like over like a few days or so, the other members added some parts to it, so like a little bit of an electric guitar here, a bass line there, uh, and then it was just sort of forgotten about. And then they rediscovered the demo around the time of the Benz recording, and they found that it fit the mood that they were now in and, and, and trying to do on the Benz, and they didn't even re-record it. This is the demo. Oh. Yeah, this is just a demo. Just a demo. This is just a demo. It's just high and dry. Yeah. It also makes a demo just spawned a whole band of three. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just a demo. Just a demo. Uh, It makes it the only song on the album that they didn't record as like a take with all of them playing at the same time. Um, Which is why I think that the the, the guitar parts are like little bits. If you listen to what the guitars are doing in the verses, they're all like playing little sections then they stop and they play something different like oh i might try this on this bit or this on that bit or whatever and actually i think that's what makes those guitar parts quite interesting is that very rarely are any of them repeated interesting oh thank you man that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i i feel like i'm being a bit too negative on the bend so far because i haven't really yet like sung its praises like you two have but are you enjoying this album so far Up but i am to, enjoying yeah. this album so far yeah. i'm just not like holy shit right the bend so at the very least the first three tracks you're not like well i fucking hate this i'm having a bad time no it's all perfectly good but i'm not but but I'm not like, but I'm not like, oh, the Benz has a big reputation and I get it, you know? Right. Did you know the Benz had a reputation coming into it though? Not really. Okay. Okay. Well, only, only once a friend of the podcast, Ed Budden, said to me. Hi, Ed. Muse. Ed uh, muse. Fuck, I keep Ed saying Muse. muse. Uh, Radiohead are, 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 are boring until the Benz and you went, that's a pretty common opinion, mate. Yeah. And so I then had the expectation that the Benz is really interesting. I also didn't realise the Benz was the a- second album. So <laughs> you say everything before the Benz, like there's a lot. It's yeah, like some demos, and an, it's some demos <laughs> in an album. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like I said at the beginning, this is the beginning of the Radiohead aesthetic. Like, like they, they maintain this kind of everything else they do is in keeping with the bends in yeah. in some do you, way. Uh, you you say they've like they've um they've like completely just dropped this song do you think one day in a in a surprising just like what the fuck they open reading with it. high and dry and they'll just pl- <laughs> and they'll close glastonbury with high and dry <laughs> no and i think do you know do you know why i think it's because it sounds like coldplay and i think it's because coldplay did this song 10 times yeah. And it's because Travis did this song another ten times. And it's because Athlete did this song another ten times again. And I think they do not want to be associated with the late nineties, early noughties rock scene that this album uh gave birth to, I think. Mm. Yeah, that it's just so coldplay, isn't it? It's literally I can just yeah. hear it. Yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. It's fix you or I like guarantee. So I guarantee in early Coldplay Coldplay like rehearsals, when they were still called Starfish, they would bang out a cover of High and Dry at the end of every practice. I yeah. guarantee <laughs> it. The green plastic watering can. For a fake Chinese rubber plant And a fake plastic 
Lucas, if you don't like this, or you think it's fine, then I have no idea what you like, <laughs> or what anyone likes, I think. Uh, it's, it's probably the best one so far. Okay, good. Okay. Also, <laughs> the opening chord... Yeah, it's an A. It's Karma Police. Uh, yes, except it's the major, not the minor. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, it, every time this song started, I've gone... Can't listen on this album, <laughs> like for the split second, and I've got nowhere. It's fake plastic trees again. every time. Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, and this is another one that I knew. This is another oh, one. Oh, did you I know just... fake plastic trees? Did you? Oh, is this a? Did you know fake plastic trees by Radiohead? Did you know fake plastic trees by Radiohead? Well done, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot! <laughs> Imagine you've written a song. And oh, you take that song oh, to your band mates and you say, oh, guys, 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 guys. I know I've written four before this. Oh, fucking I've written hell. a song. But that song is fake plastic fucking trees. I mean, Imagine. he must have been, like, jokes aside, he must have been pretty happy with himself. I would be pretty this. chuffed. <laughs> you? You'd be pretty chuffed, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, I've just yeah. I've done this, but he's winking, like, to himself, like, I know that. Yeah. Oh, no, I know he's got an eye thing, but uh, apart from that, uh, he's kind of going. Oh, I've, I've got, I've got a, I've got a good one in the back pocket. Yeah. Uh, fuck me, yeah, great. Uh, no, just no, a big no. old metaphor, isn't it? Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. You mm. think? Well, I don't imagine people are gen like in this song. People are genuinely made of polystyrene and falling apart, or like, mm. uh, you know, I don't, you know, it's. Like fake live on the surface, looking great, but underneath it's crumbling. Imagine you could draw parallels with with the bends, uh, in terms of like kind of fame of that kind of fakeness, but underneath it's all kind of a bit bubbling up. You know, it's all kind of falling apart. Um, which, from what you've told us in the context of the recording the album, kind of makes sense. But the imagery, yeah. you're right, just rubber man and just like if, even if you just take what the fuck is it about? Well, I mean, it's obviously well, about like like the stuff we talked about earlier. It's just such. Such in fucking nonsense lyrics at times, or or at least seemingly nonsense. Just like, just just completely take any context out of it whatsoever. Like we were talking about lyrical specificity just now, and this is like on a whole other the the, the level of imagery that he can create. Like the first verse, her green plastic watering can for her fake Chinese rubber plant in the fake plastic earth that she bought from a rubber man in a town full of rubber plants to get rid of itself. There's so much like imagery, like what the fuck is this guy on? It's just you know, like, do you know what it it's instantly like level. puts into my brain, which is what I was kind of saying earlier about how songs give me some very vivid and kind of creepy imagery. 
is those mm. kind of towns that they would deliberately nuke and you've got the mannequins in their kitchens. Uh, that's exactly what it gives me straight off the bat. And do you know what they look exactly like, Steve? The Rissassiani doll on the front of the cover? No. any oh. th- Those houses, they look exactly like any suburb. Yes. Yeah. It's you know the... where you used to live in Littlehampton? Yeah. You could realistically nuke it. Mm, you should. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like uh... That's one of those <laughs> places that looks like it was set up specifically as a nuclear testing site. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> You're talking about like... Like those, like ta- like in fucking Indiana Jones Four, yeah, the best exact, Indiana Jones, exactly yeah. That. yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, not... and 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 where you live, the, the and, nuclear and family, Lucas. And, and like, no, no, I actually live somewhere actually really interesting, and all of these like suburbs, and 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 again, like uh, I live down the road from a park. <laughs> I mean, everybody in a fucking suburb lives down the road from the same fucking park. There's a, uh, there's, I've got a lake. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. There's Lucas. a heron. Adam. Everyone fucking <laughs> does. It's a fake fucking heron. It's a fake. <laughs> Plastic heron, Lucas. It's a real heron. <laughs> she lives with a broken man, a cracked polystyrene man who just oh, crumbles and girlfriend? burns. Like <laughs> okay. a cracked polystyrene so again, man. It, I, I feel like it's uh, a narrator, right? Uh, kind Stop of Stop saying <laughs> it like that. Pointing out people who live in this town that's full of rubber plans. But it, uh, to me, Steve, it kind of appears... To kind of point at capitalism and the disposable plastic of things invading our lives to the point where it invades every aspect of our lives. And he moves from the imagery of rubber plants, rubber plants, fake plastic earth, polystyrene men into he used to do surgery for girls in the 80s. Gravity, gravity always, always wins, wins. Which, is, which one is very lyric. funny yes. it's very funny and it's yeah. great writing um but also is is kind of moving on to plastic literally invading people's bodies yeah plastic um, surgery yeah there's no chorus there's just that refrain which is it wears her out or it wears him out and then the narrator becomes involved halfway through the song the narrator and, sorry yeah the narrator uh becomes involved halfway through the song and and, and it becomes it wears me out which is also the emotional climax of the song. The sonic climax of the song is when it gets big, oh. which I would call Lucas Bait, with all of the distorted guitars and the strings and the swirling keyboards. Oh. And he's singing, she looks like the real thing. And there's these incredible falsetto notes. And you can feel the excitement of that love in this like super grandiose arrangement. And all that excitement and all that love is going to like bubble over until it just drops out. And we're left with, it wears me out. And I felt that very deeply. And it says here in my Word document, I'm crying as I write these notes. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit like having a wank, isn't it? Yeah. I so it builds so, and builds and builds. Steve, then it the wears you out note, and you have a little the nap. The next note I've got is, <laughs> yeah. it says, fist of fun. Mm. Right, because it rem- me writing that reminded me of a sketch from Stuart Lee and Richard Herring's uh, sketch show, Fist of Fun, uh, of these medieval um, raconteurs writing love letters to their um, distant lovers. And they would always end it, like this super grandiose, like flamboyant writing, they'd always end it with, P.S., I am wanking as I write this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, 
that's when you're talking about rubber plants and fake plastic plants and all that sort of thing it, it made me suddenly feel really depressed because i realized that in my garden i've got a uh a uh fake turf or yeah. fake grass yeah yeah b uh we've got on one of our behind our nice rattan sofa that we've got in our garden we've got like a grid where you would you know have maybe like vines or like stuff like that but effort in it so they're fake so they're all mm. fake yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks all right. It looks nice from a distance. And it's it's the things that look nice at a distance. It's the um, seeking things that are aesthetically pleasing over allowing things to be real and natural. And yeah, I think man. that that's what this song is getting at. Uh, it looks like the real thing. Tastes like the real thing. It's my fake plastic love. And yet again, though. You... Again, it's about Steve's girlfriend, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> but also you can still hear how Coldplay and Travis heard this album and went, I'm going to do this, please. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's what my band sounds like now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's good. <laughs> Saying that. Can you, uh, I wonder Adam, if anyone's ever been that literal. If anyone's ever literally just messes mates going, should we do this as a band? I'm pretty yeah, sure that's the band uh, that me and you used to be in, Adam. <laughs> Coldplay, Travis, Muse, like they all just went, let's do the bends. For our first yeah, album, like, uh, like, like not like it was a thing that they ended up doing because they're so because they were so influenced by it, but actually just literally said to each other, "Shall we?" I reckon they did. Do- I yeah, reckon they did. Didn't your band do that with like funeral for a friend and went, "I love this. Let's do that." I guess yeah. We essentially said, "Let's do Kill Switch Engage with the riffs and Funeral for a Friend with the melodies yeah. and smash them together." Yeah. But that, that's what all bands do. As yeah. influential as this yeah. album was, and this album was hugely influential, this song, you could probably make a good argument, and we talked about them going to the Jeff Buckley gig and then recording this and then him bursting into tears. You could make an argument that isn't this just Radiohead going, let's do a Jeff Buckley song. Yeah, you go. It's all the same. You know, everyone steals from each other. And Jeff Buckley's just ripping off, you know, Mozart. <laughs> yep, exactly. I couldn't, th- I couldn't think of anyone older than Jeff Buckley. But, yeah, but... Think past the early 90s. Hey. No, no. Mozart was pretty good. Pretty good. Guys, New- season five. Yeah. Mo- the Mo- complete Mozart. works of Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the Mozart Seasons- you've ever had? Can we can we do a yeah, spin-off? No. Uh or maybe the when we when we do the OnlyFans yeah. uh content, mm. maybe like can we just do like film scores? Would we call the season Mozart Attack?
Uh, Adam asked me uh, off mic there, Lucas, I'm wondering if there's something about this bit that stands out to you. And, and it, was the chorus, it was the chorus. Yeah. said it, uh, it, it, I realised that it sounds identical to sober. a song of showbiz. Sober. Yeah, sober. Yeah. Yes. If you just go, yeah, didn't it- I'm so sorry. Over it, it's the exact Brand same riff from Brand Sober. Is it so really once again, Radiohead, the world's laziest Muse tribute act. <laughs> uh, that opening guitar effect is very cool. The the fade in after my great yeah the weird like not quite type yeah delay thing done live. This was all recorded in one take. Yeah, like just insane. There's no overdub. How did it take four months? You said know it's just smashing out songs. Because they rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until they feel they get the songs right, yeah, and they never yeah. feel they get the songs right. Uh, yeah. It's not, but not necessarily, by the way, the first take, but it is one take. Uh, same day as they did exactly yes, the same yeah. thing with the song The Bends, which is also a one-take song. Every member has said that was the best day of recording, because of course it was, because yeah. they just, in one day of recording, bashed out The Bends and Bones. Yeah. I mean... Imagine if you'd written a song and you came to your bandmate and said, I've yeah. written a song, guys, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was Bones from the Bends by Radiohead. Imagine <laughs> the, that, Steve. The TV series with uh, the guy from the Buffy spin-off Angel in. Imagine you'd written a song and it ended up being a TV show. Starring... Imagine, imagine writing a song, right, and in order to show people the song, you had to buy a DVD box set of the TV series Bones. Mm. And you had to get the DVD out of the box set and put it into a DVD player and press play and have them watch yeah. the entire series-long run of Bones and say, that's my song. Imagine that. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> you just can't. Uh, you just can't imagine it. It just blows my mind that Radiohead would do that. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's the genius. You talked about the genius that. of Radiohead. They wrote a whole TV series as a song. You took in the nineties, even though that TV show didn't come oh, out for mad. years later, which is mad. <laughs> uh, you know, you talked about that that riff, but it's kind of like yeah. a classic blues riff, isn't it? It's like doing, yeah. It's almost like a bit status quo. Which, which is also present in Sober by Muse. It's a very, it's very simple song, isn't it? It like maybe closer to Pablo Honey here in terms of like sonicness, for sure. Except I think they're more happy to strip back those verses, which are basically some of them are just bass and drums. Uh, I, I mean, I literally put that in my notes. I, I just wrote, this is very much like Pablo Honey guitar rock, just a bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still yeah. not massively, to be absolutely honest. No? I, this, nah, it's, I mean, I mean, interesting that you say that it, like, I hadn't even thought about it, but you say it sounds like Sober because didn't rate that song when we covered mm. that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't massively rate this one either. I did yeah. mention so, it on, on the episode, but we didn't play a clip. And oh, so we yeah. won't play a clip of Sober now either. We will not compare the two directly. We just did. We just played it. Yeah, we did. Mm. We just slowed it down a little bit. We yeah. put on the entire series of Bones. We did. Yeah, it's like five days later. Uh, I do agree. Yeah. I think this song and maybe the next are the weakest part of the album, but I don't believe the rest of the, the album because it exists. The without, next. How dare you? Without, I don't believe the album could exist without these songs, though. Misheard lyric yeah. time, though. Okay. I thought the opening lyric was, I don't want to be a crippled Christ. 
which is very very ministry preachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be uh, a lyric from the Holy Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't want to be crippled and cracked. Um, yeah, it, this is one of the songs about like sickness again, right? Yeah, like we've had the bends, and and the whole album is kind of called the bends, and it's about this sickness, and this is like. Well, like getting older, I don't want to be crippled. Now I can't climb the stairs. That was a Billie stairs. Eilish song. Yeah, uh, and I used to fly like Peter Pan. It, I think it is maybe about aging and, and sickness and, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so they, my, uh, they sing about at age 23 or something. Yeah, I know. But, you Fucking know, I, I think that that just um, shows his ability to uh, not necessarily write about himself and write about subjects that are outside of his personal knowledge you know if if i was to get into writing songs which i definitely wouldn't do mm. uh if i was forced to write lyrics i think i would never try and write about myself because i wouldn't know how to do it i think i'd just be like let's pick a thing i think i'd just be like let's do a thing like Nicky you know Manix doing like yeah. oh, let's, do let, let's, find, let's find songs. a story about yeah. about two twins that got yeah wouldn't speak in and then the asylum, chorus could sorry, just an be institution. the name of the person that you're singing mm. about repeating yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Kevin yeah. Carter. Kevin so, yeah. Carter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I listened to Mannix yesterday. Oh, yeah? What did you listen to? I went to the supermarket. I went to the supermarket and just thought, what should I listen to? Should I listen to the Benz because I need to for this podcast? And I thought, no, I won't do that. I'll instead listen to every Mannix song on Shuffle. Mm. Uh, lovely. Yeah, I had fun there. Some other things that were said about this song. Uh, Colin from Radiohead said, it rocks like a mother. Something I mean, yeah, said about this song. Yeah. Tom from Radiohead said mm. about this song when asked, uh, have you ever been looking at someone's face talking and wondered what their skull must look like? Oh, my God. I've done so, that in the mirror. You know when you kind of pull your, pull your lips apart? Yeah. You dish your teeth and you And you imagine that yeah. it's a skull doing it. Yeah. I don't. I no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Disagree. I disagree. Uh, in regards to sequencing, this is really a good place to have, like, to get back a riffy rocker, right? Because we've <laughs> had high and dry and and fake plastic trees. It's nice to have a more up tempo one at this point of the album. I think. Uh, excuse me, Garcon. One riffy rocker, please. Poor okay. for favors. <laughs> yeah. Poor for favours. Yeah. Stop being you. I can't. I just <laughs> can't. It's an affliction.
Um, s- Lucas bait? Is it Lucas bait? Has it got some Lucas bait going on? Uh, let's you know just what? check. Right. I reckon it's 80% Lucas bait with that mm. one bit in the middle that is Lucas repellent. Which bit is the Lucas repellent? The bit that you probably Naps. always forget is in the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind that bit. It's not awful. I mean, it's not as nice as... Oh, those little yeah. guitar bits are so lovely. I mean, the strings obviously. Yeah. 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 We're talking to Lucas Way here. We're talking to Lucas Way here. Forget about it. But <laughs> the little, just those little, those little guitar bits. That's Ed, my friend. That's the genius of Ed O'Brien. Uh, it's it's so also known as Eddie B. Eddie B. It's yeah, so it's sweet <laughs> and lovely. And doesn't the song, maybe I'm off my fucking nut, but doesn't the song genuinely sound like dreamy? Yeah, it really is. Oh, it's it's called Nice Dream. Yeah, everything yeah. is indistinct and just kind of floats along mm. with the song. Uh, John Leckie had the idea of having all five members of the band playing acoustic guitar at the same time okay. into the same microphone in slightly different chord voicings and strumming patterns. So the acoustic part isn't a distinct acoustic guitar part. It's more of a wash of like five acoustic guitars playing at the same time. I need to listen to it again. All of the electric guitar parts are bathed in reverb. And then, of course, you have all of those swirling keyboards and those beautiful strings. And then the dream becomes a nightmare. And... I genuinely am not always expecting it. Sometimes I still forget that it's in the song and it's a very cool time because they keep the strings in there, but they're like chugging (laughs) and the feedback is there and there's that screeching lead guitar part, which then makes it seem even more dreamy when the original song kind of returns. I like that progressive rock mode of having just a completely different section of your song in the middle of quite a nice song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I need to quali- quantify, qualify what mm. I meant by the weakest part of the album. Um, and by that, I mean there's nothing to grab hold of in these last two songs. There's nothing that sticks out. There's no hooks. Do you know what I mean? So, and I used to fly like Peter Pan. Yeah, I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. Now. I like both these songs, so therefore they're in my head. But that, but I used to fly a... like Peter Pan is Steve Bates, surely. Yeah, That's... surely. Come yeah, remember Steve. the time in the nineties when I used to fly like Peter oh, Pan, like Peter Pan. I, like, I think, I think it kind of serves a purpose into bridging the gap between sort of almost two sections of the album. Obviously, obviously, Bones is quite rocky, but coming out of like the mm. double of high and dry and fake. I don't know trees. if Bones had a lot of punching and a pitbull. I don't know if it did, Steve. Uh, turtles. Wasn't that rocky? No turtles, so it can't have been that rocky. Mm, yeah, it did have a spoken uh, word bit by Sylvester Stallone, though. But, so yeah. I suppose that bit was quite rocky. It didn't Funny have that. You should mention spoken word bit. Go on, yeah, because this. This song doesn't have a spoken word bit, does it? No. That's right. That's right. No. It's funny you but, should mention spoken word bits because this song doesn't have one. No, 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 no. Because, because in my notes... What a segue, I've, Lucas. No, because in my notes, I've specifically put that when this song starts... Yeah. Uh, the, this is the acoustic mm-hmm, guitar mm-hmm. bit. I immediately am thinking of a manic song that opens with some really cheesy shit spoken word that 
Yeah, it just uh, immediately it makes me think of it. And so it's funny that you'd mention spoken word because th- this song sounds like it should have some at the start. I'm glad it doesn't because spoken word often uh, shit. There is, there is only one example of it that you really like, right? Which is that Ardawad song produced by friend of the podcast, Dave Erringer. I mean, I think we discovered another one, didn't we, over the course of doing this pod? Uh, not my responsibility, maybe, right? Is that spoken? I mean, I guess yeah, it's the whole thing's kind of spoken word, right? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. So I think this section kind of bridges the gap between two sections of the album. Coming out of like the double of High and Dry and Fake Plastic Trees, which I very much see as a kind of double, you need a little... I want to say lull, but it's the wrong word. But before you get into the chaos of the next couple of songs, right? Mm. And I feel like that really serves the purpose of that. Uh, do we want to do another misheard lyric? Oh, thought, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. thought the lyric at one point was, she said that she'd love to come to help, but the C word, electrocute us all. Yes, I always hear that. Do you hear even, that? Okay. Even though I know the lyric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And okay, I always good. think of uh, Arrested Development as well, um, because they have a boat that's called the Sea Wood. Yes. Uh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this, this song took maybe a couple of years to grow on me. So it might be just that you've only had the album for three weeks, Steve. Honestly, uh, because th- yeah, maybe, this yeah. became a highlight for me at one point. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, the darker bit of the song, um, when I originally heard this album, felt out of place to me. But it's actually kind of important to the kind of mood and theme of the song. It's a really dark song, even though it sounds really nice and dreamy. If you look at the order that the lyrics are put in, they love me like I was a brother. They protect me and listen to me. Nice dream. So it's not true. Those things aren't happening to happening to the narrator yeah. uh, of the of the <laughs> song. Uh, it's just a nice dream. Um, and then, of course, before the dark bit, you've got "If you think that you're strong enough," those backing vocals, that, which are really lovely. If you think you belong enough. And he doesn't think that he's strong enough or that he belongs enough. And it all kind of comes tumbling down into that heavy, nightmarish kind of sound. It's about alienation, isolation, being outside of society, not a part of anywhere, doesn't belong here, a creep, a weirdo. It's all that kind of uh, stuff that he's alluding to. And should we do, you know, we've done misheard lyrics on a couple. Should we do 90s technology? Please. Oh, yeah, good. Good idea. Answer phone. Yeah. Right? Well, I call up my friend, answer. the good angel, but she's out with her answer phone. There you go. Do we get answer phones? Uh, I don't. Do you, if, if, you, if you call someone and they miss your call, do you bother leaving a message? Absolutely not, but businesses do on mine. That's not, a vo- that's not an answer phone. That's a voicemail. Oh, you're right, though. Did yeah, you remember those true. little Arms- tiny tapes? The answer phone is the very specific tapes. Little yeah. tiny tapes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, if anyone leaves me an answer phone message, you're, you're, you're insane. Leave, don't. Text me and say I called. <laughs> <laughs> How desperate is that lyric, though? I call up an angel to help me and I get her answer phone. Oh. That's <laughs> oh, it's very sad. <laughs> Insanely bleak. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Tom York. Jesus Christ. No, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. He's over screen, there. I'm going to screen that call.
So this is the Radiohead that spawned Muse. Right, yeah, 100%. Yeah. This is Showbiz. Yeah, yeah. It's just, this yeah. is the album Showbiz. This is the album Showbiz. And isn't it mad? It's mad that Radiohead, on the same album, wrote the television series Bones and the album Showbiz and presented them both as songs. Mm. And yeah. and invented three other bands yeah, as well. Mm. It's insane. They what an insane <laughs> album. <laughs> they brought, I've written a song and it's it's the band Coldplay that hasn't existed yet. Yeah, okay, good. I've, Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Guys, I've written a song and it's 1999 Muse album Showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, really good song, in it? Oh, it's so yeah. fucking good. It's got that thing. It has got that creep thing or in it over like, it's a bit obvious, but mm-hmm. it's because really good. Like, like you mean it's obvious? Like, if someone were to say this is my favorite Radiohead song, you'd go, "Well, yeah, of course it's your favorite Radiohead song because it's just." Or, or at least if they were to say it's their favorite song off of this album, yeah. you'd go, "Yeah, yeah fair dues." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a really good song. That's probably why, isn't it? I mean, what can you even say about like? Can we add to the conversation on just by Radiohead? Not, not really. We can only no. <laughs> really talk about personal context, can't we? But yeah, exactly. I, I, I love this song, and I've said mm. that I love this song. I mean, however, your favorite, right? However, oh. It's no longer your favourite. However, you hate it. I hate it. No, uh, but I I can't detach it from its music video. So like it, it's the one with the talk. This is the one with the talking, the, right? The, the man whisper, lying the down. down. So so that so the, it it jumps off the page that is this album. I brought that back. Do you like that? Do you remember that from the last album? Um, nope. A little like nah. creep did for me, <laughs> not in a negative way as such as it did for creep in terms of like it was just this. It was just this, it was the creep of it all. But it mm-hmm. it it means that I don't enjoy this song as much in audio format as I do as with the vid- visuals. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. So all that means is like, it, it's not my favourite on the record like I thought it was going to be. That's the only thing it means. But I, I found that very interesting to kind of come to that conclusion about it. So it's not even necessarily your favourite Radiohead song anymore. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. I also cannot get... Uh, the music video out of my head, but I imagine we have different images. I think yours is the guy lying on the floor. No, my image of all the people lying on the floor. But mine is Tom York in his leather jacket that's too big for him. He, to- Tom is <laughs> orange hair, right? Leather yeah. jacket, shirt and yeah. tie, and they're in a yeah. bat and they're playing in the palm. And his little face poking out the window at the guy, like, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, yeah, no, I've got that image too. I've got the whole yeah. fucking. Okay. Such a How many times have you seen this music? So video? many like, times. I, I, you don't. I am familiar. I am familiar with it, but I could not tell you any details of it beyond the man lays on the floor and then he says something and everyone lays on the floor. When it was easy enough to look up music videos on YouTube, I watched just so many times because, like, I'm going to work out what he says. I swear that every time we went back to someone's house and put on a music channel, it would be on at least once every evening. Agreed, yeah. Just by Radiohead, like you would. It was just all over the place, even in like 2002. I mean, Steve, you say uh, uh, you're trying to work out what what he said. I mean, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll get into this in the music video episode, but I assume. There isn't an. I assume they didn't even script anything oh, because yeah. there isn't an answer. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. the end of. It's not like the end of bloody uh, Lost in Translation where there is something he says because you can just turn up the volume and. Hear what does he it. say? Wait, is that true? What does he say? Are you joking? No, I don't know. You, are you actually joking? No, I, I, I. Well, I. Well, actually, do you know what, Lucas? <laughs> I don't want to know. What's not he actually says? He says, "Listen to what is music podcast coming to you in 2019." Yeah, lovely. Lovely. We launched in 2020. It's a shame we? that we launched in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to be real um, early. I've also just looked at the picture because you mentioned about Tom York's look, and so I was curious. So I, I, I googled it. It's like he's wearing his um, dad's jacket. 
He looks like um oh, what is it? He looks like someone from like the young ones or like Yeah. yeah. Who's that ginger comedian? There's like from that sort of era, there's like a ginger He looks like Rick Mail. Comedian. Yeah, he's Rick Mail yeah. maybe, yeah, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks shit. Nah. The song itself. Yeah. Uh I've got written here. The amount of song there is in this song is overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the blend of like acoustic and electric guitar parts is like super effective. It's cool that there's so much acoustic on such a heavy song. Um it was written by Johnny as an experiment in trying to get as many chords into a song as possible. I can yeah, okay. Even yeah. one of his lead parts is made up of chords that are like sympathetic to the chords that are being played by other guitars in the mix. Uh, there's just so many insane bits in this song, and it's totally Johnny's like tour de force. This is Johnny's song. All of the guitar, guitar parts are some varying degree of absolutely fucking bonkers. <laughs> uh, once we've had two verses and two choruses, you think, okay, that's going to be the song, and we get a solo that's like pretty weird. But it goes straight into like that clean strumming bit. Do you know the bit that I'm talking about? Little lounge breakdown. That ends with a pause and a horrible sound to come back into the song. It stops and it goes horrible. Yeah. And then and then later on that long held like note that is produced by the whammy pedal. That is an octave um, manipulator. So he's going higher than the guitar can possibly go on its own. And he brings it down with just the pedal and then the guitar. So you're going down like four or five octaves at once. It goes... <laughs> and it's all just so like odd and cool. And you're right, Lucas. Like that's kind of muses that they kind of use this song as as a launch point for showbiz right it, yeah i mean like the big guitar you know the... yeah. it's just like yeah that's 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 that that's that thing, <laughs> that's that thing isn't it yeah it's that thing which is weird that i never because I'm, I'm familiar with this song and yet i never really considered that even when we were talking about showbiz sounding like old radiohead i still didn't really like pinpoint songs that it was particularly like i guess mm-hmm. but... i mean that's two on this album alone right yeah 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 what's the song about though well so i was gonna go into the... well it's just about like because <laughs> you said just because i said just. that's really good so yeah. there's some bits where like lyrics one day he'll get to you and it's got changing the lock three times and he still comes reading through the door uh, and it's a bit like teach you how to get to purest hell. And I think maybe like this is such a probably a GCSE read of it, but maybe he's talking about the devil and how he'll still get you no matter what you do. It's all you're doing. It's your fault. You're like this. But then Tom does change oh. it at one point. Change, change so one the day to something I'll, else. Well, one so day I'll get to you, it. he puts. Well, uh, oh, yeah, he uh, does. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So which means yeah. that Tom York is Lucifer himself. Uh, the Narota changes tech- perspective halfway through. Love it when the Narota does that. The Naratama. Um, Stop it. I, 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 think, I think it's uh, mental illness and depression. Nice. That'll do it. Uh, you can't get... You can't get the stink off, and it comes like a comet. So it comes. Do you remember last season we were talking about Haley's comet? Hey man, and how uh, yeah. like 
Haley's Comet comes around more often than I do, and we were talking about the concept of love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is depression that comes around like a comet. You're not expecting it. It comes around in, like, weird orbits, and it suckered you, but not your friends. And it's it's mental illness. I think it's, again, harkening back to that isolation of being mentally unwell. And the worst thing about being depressed is that you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. Right? It's a, The mental illness of it all is you hurting yourself. It's cycles of self-injury and the isolating nature of mental illness. And there's nothing that you can do to stop it. Um, you change the lock three times and he still comes reeling through the door. Yeah, uh, getting help and yet it's yeah. still, it still persists. Yeah, Exactly. You do it to yourself. And do you know what? That's why it really hurts. Yeah. Because you do it to yourself. Oh yeah, how often do you, you go into yourself into a bit of a spiral and you're like, your fault. I'm doing this to myself. Yeah, this is my fault. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is like, that's just anxiety basically yeah. summed yeah. up in a sentence, isn't it? You Absolutely. get yourself into a spiral. It's entirely self, not to say it's entirely self-inflicted, but, you know, it is uh, <sighs> exacerbated by your own brain, you know. It, it feels like you're doing it to yourself. And that's why it really hurts. It is also damaging, isn't it, to just chastise yourself for it and call yourself an idiot, like you fucking I, moron. Why do you I feel like say this? that? I didn't I'm say talking that about how the way I used to deal with it. I do that all the time. Stop being such a depressed fucking idiot. Yeah, is, is something that I always say to myself. Would you say that to your mate though? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steve, I've texted you that all the time, Steve. <laughs> pull back the wizard sleeve a little bit me and steve share the same therapist so i'm sure we get similar techniques <laughs> yeah. but uh <laughs> just, does she often tell you just being stop stop being such a fucking but, depressed but, idiot no but if but if if someone else if someone else said the things to you that you say to yourself you'd be like you're not my friend exactly exactly what's the my idols lyric if you spoke to you the way you do to you i'd put your teeth through love yourself there we go yeah something like that oh, that's, nice. that's a nice like that. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. That's I'm guessing does. he's not singing it in a lovely way. It's like, you're so good. Yeah, exactly. Love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's really cool to have in 1995 a song that is addressing mental illness and men's mental health and mental health in general that also fucking rips. Yeah. Like, imagine making a song that is kind of important and about mental health and also having it fuck. Yeah, it having really it be rocks. just by Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you imagine insane. around this same time, can you imagine Oasis? O- Oasis's stance on the subject matter, it'd be, have a fucking lager, mate. <laughs> Good song. Mm, good song. Good song.
Oh my lord above. Guys, <laughs> can I have only can I have a unique thought right Please. now? Please. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go on. Imagine writing a yeah. song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, imagine right. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, guys, then, we didn't do it on the last one, but do imagine then, writing just, just quickly. Because yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, imagine. Uh, I actually did. I actually did, Adam, because I said, imagine writing showbiz by Muse. Oh, yeah. Of course. Remember? Yes, of course, yeah. we did. Uh, so imagine writing it, just to go back to the important point, the matter oh, at yeah, hand. So imagine, imagine writing a song, writing a yeah. song and you go to your bandmates. Go to your bandmates, all right, yeah. And you say, I've written a yeah. song. Right, it's about an old timey piece of medical technology mm. that isn't used anymore. Is it though? Is it though? Is that what it's like? Maybe. Mm. Uh, it's called My Iron Lung, and then you showed them this, and then it's this, and it just happens to be this song. Fuck me! An insane. Uh, you'd be pretty happy with yourself, wouldn't you? Again, another one. I was. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised at how much of this album I knew. I really was. Uh, is this one like? A bit. Is this a big? No, is this, is it unsurprising that I'm a, was familiar with this song? I don't think it's unsurprising. No, they still play this. They probably played it when you saw them at Reading. Uh, they did because I looked up the set list about well, ten minutes. Okay, fuck. They did play just though, right? They played just, yeah. and they. I didn't realize what they ended on because I'd forgotten. And fuck my life. Uh, they did they end on? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, this is the In Rainbows tour. Did they end on every uh, on everything in its right place? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it would have been like eight minutes long. Uh, with like loads of sampling and it's like are a... we going to cover that gig when we do the In Rainbows uh, oh, there's like... so many better ones there's so many better ones Lucas maybe we'll do two can we do maybe we'll do two can we do two because I was there and yeah, so I can like two. be like oh, let's, do let's do two we did, let's do two. We did two for yeah. the resistance it's 16 like, In Rainbows episodes so yeah I'd heard of the title of this song before but not the song so this was sort of my first hearing of this song uh but mm. my lord well, just now yeah just then you didn't listen I forgot, you didn't I do your homework to do anything yeah <laughs> oh, I, right i could sit in this song for eternity this is my floating off into the endless void song wow that's such an aggressive end for you it does get a bit aggressive doesn't it yeah but yeah oh i love it i love it, it it's, it's interesting that you paired bones and nice dream because i paired this and just as kind of yeah, I can see that the the darkest songs on the record, maybe. Oh god, it's dark. Yeah, uh, that lead guitar part is is very uh, creepy, creepy. It's so um, creepy, creepy. It sounds like a haunted song, right? With yeah. with Johnny's guitar part, but underneath you've got Ed who's playing uh, his guitar with an ebo, which is that um, little gadget that creates infinite sustain uh, on a on a string. You place it over the string and it uses magnetic resonance to permanently vibrate the string. Also the name of a Sigur Ross song. Yes, it is because they use it a lot in Sigur Ross. Play- I imagine that song includes an Ebo. Uh, mm. Otherwise that'd be weird. But uh, they, uh, yeah, so, so that sound you hear it right at the beginning and goes through all the song. That's a guitar. Um, eventually, Ed uses the Ebo so often that he creates his own signature line of fenders that has one built in. It has sure. like an infinite sustainer in the Stratocaster, but we'll get onto that at a much later date. Um, before we go into like what the song's about or whatever, we've talked about the recording of this song because we literally watched it happening, right? Oh, it was this song. I couldn't. I genuinely actually couldn't. I actually couldn't remember when I was doing my notes uh, that which song it was where that had happened. Because um, that was a whole week ago. <laughs> <laughs> so only the vocals are re-recorded and the rest is all from that uh, Live at the Astoria 
recording, which, which is blew crazy. my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's just the band playing the song. It's it's mad, and that song's my iron lung. Yeah, it's my iron lung. And the yeah. reason I knew that, yeah, go on, is that I I got the album. Yeah, and uh, where'd no, you get it? it? HMV Virgin Megastore, uh, FOP. And, okay, uh, you went to FOP. Yeah, it was the two for a tenner. And oh, uh, I love. I, oh man, I looked FOP. The front. There's one in the country, I think. One tree. Turned it over my own. Blah, 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 blah. What's it about, guys? Hazard your best guess, and, I, and I'll, I'll try and prove you wrong. It's about an old-timey piece of medical That's a good read. That yeah. a good read. I know what Steve. an iron lung is. Oh, what, what, I can tell you what it conjures up for me, imagery-wise. Apart from yeah, okay. Fact. So as beautiful as the song is, and obviously it gets now, dirtier oh, that, towards... That's so fascinating it, to me. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but the fact that you, you say the song is beautiful is so fascinating to me, because I see this as like a really grimy, dirty song. Yeah, it's a bit dirty. It's a bit... I, I think I maybe cling on to the beginning of the song more than the second half, or the rest of it, or those interstitial Nirvana bits. The the faith you're driving me away sort of, sort of stuff about it, yeah. Yeah, Um, but it still conjures up all this imagery of like, so yeah, the, like those photos of the big halls full of iron lungs, black and white images of like horrible, this is what it does in my brain of horrible world war medical technology or, or you know, when you like see those, those uh, pictures of the Mickey Mouse gas masks, you know, it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. God, so like where people are kind of smiling, but it's also really fucking terrifying. And there's this lyric about being, we are grateful for our iron lung. For some reason, I find that so creepy. But then it also brings into mind, in that respect, the music video for Metallica's One with the man with no arms and no legs who can't see, talk or hear, which is from the film um, Johnny Got His Gun. Just though, that all that imagery is what I get from, uh, it, yeah, insane SOS. Help me. Um, that, that is what it all conjures up. What it's about, I have no fucking clue, because all I get is this weird black and white imagery the, the iron lung in the context of this song is not a literal iron lung, um, and it's interesting you uh, like you you point out that lyric because I think that is like uh, a uh, a really great lyric. The, we are grateful for our iron lung, this mm. thing that's keeping us alive. Right? Yeah, is he just bragging about how long he can hold his breath for? Yep, yes, that's right. Which is a precursor to the No Surprises music video. Yeah, he had recently broken the record for oh. holding his breath. Mm. Previously held by David Blaine. <laughs> but then he got the bends. Yeah. <laughs> he went too deep. He went too deep. There's a lyric a little bit later on in the song um, that is this. This is our new song, just like the last one. <laughs> a total waste of time. My iron lung. Yeah. The song is about creep. Is it really? Yeah. I do love that lyric. That was good. Is it good? After the process of trying to follow up a big hit with another big hit just to keep the band alive, like an iron lung would breathe for a patient, Mm -hmm. Tom wrote this song about the pressures of trying to come up with another hit song. And he talks about in that, um, you know, the heavier bit. He talks about the head shrinkers, how they want my everything. He talks about Belisha beacons, which are the orange balls at the top of pedestrian crossings, which are a guide for safety. And he's saying that the people at the record label want to take away his guides for safety. They want to take away maybe his creativity. They want to just force him to churn out hit after hit after hit in the vein of creep. And this is the new creep. This is their iron lung. 
this is their new song and it's just like the last one it's a total waste of time it's so on the nose that that lyric isn't it it, it like it sort of jumps out like so sarcastic and so obvious i obviously didn't know it was about creep but it is so like i'm a lead singer of a band writing this lyric uh rather the rest of it is all imagery and stuff can we talk about the um the clear nirvana influence sections so heart in a box is all over this there hey wait i got a new gameplay it's, 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 it's called heart-shaped box it's called heart-shaped box heart in a box didn't i said heart heart in a You're box right. you think <laughs> right. heart in a cage by the strokes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Heart, heart, shape heart in a cage shaped box yeah, sorry yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah like that was instantly like oh here's the nirvana bit that's what like mm-hmm. it was like and here it is again but, which uh, weirdly like when everyone compared um them to nirvana on the first album this is the most overt Nirvana yeah, reference, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like a yeah, yeah, little, yeah. little heart-shaped box section, and then carry on. Uh, but hey. What I love about this song is, like, similar to Just, there's lots of little bits. Like, the <laughs> song is very complex. One reviewer described the album as bipolar, which I think definitely applies to the different modes of the album, but also different modes of this song. Like, when it gets to... Like, you think you've heard all of the song. And then it gets to the bit where it's, and if you're frightened, you can be frightened. And it kind of cuts back to just Tom and the guitar, and you're suddenly greeted with a new bit of the song. I don't know, I feel like we haven't heard that uh, from an artist in a little while, or, or at all on this podcast. Manics are very verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, chorus, chorus. Yeah. Billie Eilish is kind of, here's one thing. And we're going to do that for five or so minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Muse are very like, well, here's 10 things happening at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Or, or in their more boring and newer songs, they are also verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Yeah, that's boring true. Boring solo, chorus, chorus. <clears throat> yeah. so, so I appreciate the, the prog leanings of this song. It feels quite uh, progressive rock, but it's only four and a half minutes long. You get so much song for your song. It should be 400 and a half minutes. <laughs> so you like this song. Really... Do you think this is overtaken? Like, spoilers, but you think this is overtaken just as your favourite Radiohead song? Um, I'm grateful for my Iron Lung. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. All of that that we just heard and we've discussed and we've talked about and we've heard and discussed and talked about and heard, was it music? It's at least two thirds of a podcast really, of, of an album. I think you're about overestimating music. that. Well, of, an, of a fine. podcast yeah. about the album. Music. Yes, okay. yes, it is. Lucas, yes. music, yes or no? Lucas, yes or no music? Yeah, I reckon. Great. Before we wrap up the episode, do we have time for an email? Hey, man. Yeah. Perfect. 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 This week's is going to get a very specific shout out. Because it's Lily, and both of you know who Lily is, because Lily was going through the Muse season episode by episode and emailing us after every episode to tell us what they thought about it, what their favourite bits from it were. And Lily, we love you in a way that cannot be fully described, but we cannot read out all of the 50 emails that you've sent us. What a bloody legend. It's, it's been so amazing to read them, yeah. and I've replied to a couple of them just to let them know that 
we've you know we've been reading them and yeah. they're great yeah um but i do want to read out their most recent email which is called should i listen mm. which is obviously when they started the third season of our podcast here we go hi lads i'm back hey i'm back been a busy gal but i finally gotten around to listening to the new season of the podcast two episodes in and it's wonderful I'm not a fan of Billy, although I enjoy an odd song, so this is an exciting venture, especially as a very recent, rapidly successful artist who is known by many people regardless of preferences and whatnot. It's especially interesting hearing your sp- perspective as older listeners being someone who is Billy's age. I hadn't read that bit before I read out the email. It's actually... I don't really like <laughs> being described as... As an older listener. Well, Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's, just, well. it's fine. I'll keep going. <laughs> I thought I might put my two cents in about the topic of sexualizing slash maturing young people in the industry, as you guys mentioned, because I think I have relevant input here. Not sure how it was for you guys growing up, but being a child in the 21st century, I've always felt an immense pressure to be mature, not only in media and what I consumed of it, but it's also just an overall accepted idea. If you take a look at children's clothes produced today, they are extremely mature for the target audience. Not to sound conservative or anything, I'm far from that, but shorts are extremely short for girls, and crop tops are also produced for children. It's really ridiculous. I could go on a whole tangent about this, but I think I've got my experience across and hope it's enlightening, as you guys were a bit unsure when discussing it. Also, quick life update. I smashed my exams, Got the score I wanted. Yes. And I'm now studying my dream course. Yes. I'm very happy, even if I have to commute two hours, three times a week. Anyways, keen to listen to the rest of the series. I've already had some great laughs, been shocked and intrigued. You guys are such a wonderful bunch to listen to. And I dread the day that the podcast ends until I listen to season one or something wild happens on the podcast. Who knows? Well, thank you so much for your email, Lily. Just to let you know, this podcast will never, ever End. It never ends. Also, congratulations. That's so fucking exciting. I mean, we have followed Lily's journey through numerous emails of studying and like building up to exams. And I feel like uh, I, I know that person to some degree. And it's great that uh, they've managed to get the things that they wanted out of it. Um, and that brings us to the end of another episode and of course as promised on the last episode steve take it away you can uh talk to us online that we know well, tell, tell them what the oh. next episode is gonna oh, be oh it's part three of, of the bends by radiohead on what number what album is, is it music? second album what number second album second album put it all together in a sentence put it all together in a sentence so it's three so, 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 so. slower oh <laughs> i put it all over the top of each other Coming up on the next episode, we'll be going to part three of The Bends by Radiohead. We'll be wrapping up, talking about our thoughts on the album and our scores, our highlights, our lowlights, and also uh, how the album was received. Um, but until then, it's over to you. There's a few ways you can uh, talk to us now. Uh, it's uh, on Twitter. You can reach us at What Is Music Pod. On Instagram, it's at What Is Music Pod. We have a TikTok account, which is at What Is Music. 
And there's probably another Due to a way. Clerical error, you've got to say that bit. About the well, I don't talk about that because I'm in charge now. I don't want to talk about my mistakes, Lucas. Steve is the captain. If now. you want to, you know, uh, next thing we'll know, he'll be doing the intro of the next episode. Oh God! <laughs> if you want to send us something a bit longer, like the last person did uh, just now, um, you can reach us on whatismusicpod at gmail If you would like to support us and keep this bloody podcast on the bloody airwaves, if that's what it's even on anymore these days, uh, there's a couple of ways you can support us. You can buy our merchandise, which is uh, a bit silly, uh, but there is one cool one, and that is at... Please tell me. It's got pod included. Whatismusicpod.redbubble.com If you would like to not buy that because it's too silly, you can uh, support (laughs) us directly at coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com forward slash whatismusic. And that about does it for this episode. Well done, Steve. Do the sign up. I'm one person. I am one person. Hey, man. Do the sign up. (laughs) So, but until then, for goodness sake, guys, don't leave us high. Don't leave us. Bye. Legitimately good. You're going to do the intro for the next one. Yeah, well done. I don't have the script, though. Fantastic.